Hey y'all, Blake here. I uh, just wanted to give you a heads up. Uh, on this episode, we had a small audio issue where I was not recording into the right microphone. And so I hope it's not too distracting. I just wanted you to know that we know that this episode is not to the uh, the audio quality that you have come to love and expect. Uh, Uday still sounds phenomenal. I just sound like I'm talking in a tin can. Hopefully it's not too distracting. We tried to uh, fix it with some magic dust here, but uh, there's only so much you can do. Okay, anyways, really appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to Grappling with Fatherhood, a podcast where we talk about being dads, doing jujitsu, the lessons learned in both and where they sometimes overlap. My name is Blake. I am the father of two small kids and I'm a brown belt in jujitsu. My co-host today as always is Uday Melhotra. Hey guys, it's Uday. Uh, nice to see everyone here. To, uh, nice to chat with everyone here today. Uh, father of two little beautiful girls and a black belt in jujitsu and still learning the fatherhood game as I go. Yeah, man. Uh, been, a, been a week or two since we talked. Um, I think today you mentioned that you want to talk about community and I think yeah. this, is a, this is a good time because it's funny because like we've uh, been a minute since we talked on this podcast, but we see each other, you know, probably like five times a week, you know, and so I think much. we've yeah. covered a lot of ground uh, that I'm excited to uncover in this podcast. Totally. I think, you know, um, one of the most beautiful things about jujitsu is the sense of community. And before we dive into this, dude, I got to say, like, <clears throat> you know, your most recent TikTok video, for those who don't follow Blake on TikTok, you're making a mistake. Follow him immediately. His content is amazing. Um, but your most recent TikTok or one of your most recent TikToks you made really, really struck a chord with me. Um, it was the one you made about, you know, your, you and I are in a very similar place where we're job hunting right now. And it was a TikTok you made about um, the fact that you applied to these several jobs and you're relying on some AI to catch some words on your resume and you're probably overqualified for these positions and how frustrating that process is and how concerned you should be, how worried you should be. But seeing your son in his gi for the first time melted all that away. And man, I got to tell you, Blake, that struck such a strong chord with me because that's exactly what I'm experiencing right now too. It's like right now the job market is it is what it is. It's not a good place. I mean, there's so many really good candidates out there and there's not a lot of opportunity. And so every position has 900 candidates for it. And again, like you said, we're relying on these AIs to find us, right? And to sift through the 900 people and, and land on us. And um, it's really kind of put me in this like weird existential crisis of like, maybe I should lean into jujitsu as my career, you know? And like, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't even know what that would look like, to be honest with you. Um, I just, I find myself enjoying it and I find myself having jujitsu feed my soul in this time of like crisis, right? And, and um, you know, it's funny. I'll give this quick antidote before I shut up. Um, I was talking to a, a friend of mine recently. He's a lawyer. He's a really successful lawyer. He lives on like the west side of LA and like, he doesn't even live in a mansion. He lives in like this giant compound. It's just like really nice. And we we're talking about something similar, right? We we're talking about careers and stuff the other day. And he's like uh, talking about how much he is like how hard it is and like how if he could do it again, he would choose a different career path. Sometimes he thinks about choosing a different career path. And I'm like, dude, you're wildly successful. What would you do? And he's like, 
I would be a martial arts instructor. And it's weird. We met as we met as blue belts, and he stopped training. And here I am as a martial arts instructor, thinking like, man, I if I could do it all over again, I would have gone to law school. And he's thinking the exact opposite, right? Like it's so funny how the grass is always greener, and um, it's just food for thought, you know. It's like perhaps I, I lean into this 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 passion of mine and make that my career as I continue to hunt. And I don't know, but anyway, sorry, I'll shut up. Go ahead, Blake. What do you got? No, it's all good. And first I want to like acknowledge that, that compliment, man. Thank you so much. You know, I, um, I put that stuff out there. Um, it's a very, you know, real part of me, you know, me and like, that's, yeah. I feel like it's an honest reflection of who I am and the fact that totally. it uh, strikes a chord with people, uh, is, it's awesome when it happens and super, super validating, particularly, I think, you know, you and I have a lot of overlap going on in our lives right yeah. now. So yeah, man. Um, and I definitely feel you on the, the sort of how disheartening it is in the job market right now. Yeah. I, you know, it doesn't matter how much kind of research you do. It's again, it's not like, looking up a jujitsu technique online that you got stuffed with and being able to suddenly like incorporate that into your game and be like, cool, like now we can move forward. It's like yeah. multivaried. Again, it feels very much just like starting over, which is crazy. It, you know, decade plus into my career. Um, but uh, yeah. And so I had this, what you were saying about like leaning into jujitsu right now is super, that's relevant to me. Uh, I was having this conversation with Becca a couple nights ago uh, where I was expressing my frustration because I feel like as a, an employee, uh, in my career, copywriter, creative director, I'm pretty good, but I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of high mid pack, right? Like I'm not, no, I don't over index, but the things that I do over index on that I feel like I'm, I'm really good at are not the things that I'm applying for, right? Like the things that the, not almost the universe, but like the things that I am receiving feedback, like, Hey man, you're elite at this thing are yeah. not the things that I am investing in, in terms of a career. And that's frustrating because you're like, you know, I should, I should be getting paid to do the things that I'm really good at instead of struggling to do the things that I'm not very good at. And then, you know, sometimes you feel like you're just totally overthinking it, but um, yeah, I don't know. That's just a, it's been a, a challenge of mine lately. God, I'll tell you something, dude. Yeah. Listen, I'll tell you something, man. No BS. I think you're better at the, the career stuff than you realize. I think because I see it, right? Like I see this, like what you do for your, your living. I see it in your TikToks. I see it in our interactions. I see how you articulate yourself, how you think through stuff, right? Like, so, and, and that stuff bleeds through everything we do, right? And so I, like, I don't think you're like, high mid mediocre i think you're very good at what you do my man so um yeah you know like i think we're kind of in that same spot like if we can just figure out a way to make that part of our day-to-day -day, make that part of our career that then that's a recipe for success so like i said i don't know what that yeah, looks like for me at this point i'm sure we'll figure it out though yeah i appreciate but but to come back around like yeah, yeah. i mean it's just the simple thing of going in and wrestling with your kid for like five minutes or having yeah. to be super excited about, yeah. you know, my son got a new jujitsu gi. And so his first jujitsu gi, and it was like a, a yes. big deal. And now he's like super excited to go to the garage and I mean, he puts it on for 15 minutes max. And, you know, then he gets like yeah. hot and tired and bored of it, but it's still like super exciting to have him be excited about that thing. And, you know, he talks yeah. about it. He, 
uh, he helped me pick out his belt. Like it, it's, it's been really, that's been, again, like you said, it's been feeding me in a way yeah. that the other stuff has been, I feel like depleting me, man. I feel you, man. That's beautiful. I love to hear that. Yeah. Um, right do you tell me a little bit about your, uh, your weekend fatherhood? Yeah, man. So, you know, we're talking about this sense of community, right? And, um, you know, Van recently joined, my wife recently joined the PTA in, in like a leadership position and she has been going hard at it. She has been going in and she's really dedicating herself to it. And she, she pulled me in too, right? Like, so I'm, I'm not on the PTA, but I see how hard my wife is working. At first I was like, God, I don't want extra stuff on my plate. Like, but I see how hard Van is working. And, um, and I feel like it, I should, I should show up at least a fraction of what she's doing. Right. Like, and, um, it's good for, it's good for our kids. It's good for our family. It's good for the community. Right. And, um, I just think that no bad can come of me putting a little bit of extra elbow grease in showing up for my kids and their school, you know, like it's just, it, it's, it's makes for a stronger community. Um, when, when it's not just that, the mom's doing the heavy lifting or the teacher's doing the heavy lifting. Like everyone should be participating. Right. And so, um, like I said, I hate adding to my plate, but it's really good. Um, you know, and, and look, it's also good. You know, I talk about that sense of community. It's good because I now have a better sense of that. Like I have a stronger bond with the other parents. Right. And we can talk about us kind of experiencing the same challenges, right? Like dealing with homework, Malena is in a dual immersion program where everything is taught in Spanish. I'm not a native Spanish speaker. And so she's learning math, science, history. Everything is in Spanish, right? And so um, her homework comes in and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do here. Like my Spanish only goes so far, right? So having that community to lean on, like scheduling, right? Like as parents, like that's one of the most challenging things. Like every weekend there's another birthday party. And when you have more than one kid, it becomes like, a juggling act, right? How do we solve this growing pains with the kids? And so just having, again, that sense of community um, and having a, a nice group of parents in the neighborhood that are like in the same, same ballpark, right? Like it's nice, not it's nice having parents that don't make you in the community that don't make you feel old, right? Like we're all in kind of that same age group ish and everyone's still cool, young. We like to do the same things. You know, one, one time we all like, like the kids had like a, a dance recital and we all got like margaritas afterwards. And like, it was nice, you know, it was nice to just kind of hang and get to know each other. Um, and so, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say like, I'm feeling on the, the community parent stuff. So uh, yeah. Owen is starting his, um, his preschool in September and uh, he's going to a co-op, which is, which means nice. that like we are in, we uh, participate in, sort of the work there as, as much as, you know, everybody else. So we all pitch in, um, and, you know, as parents, we have to work, uh, like at least like as the way, the way it nets out is you, as many days a week as your kid goes, you work per month. So Owen's going there three days a week. <clears throat> and, um, so we work there three days a month and then there's like, it ends up being, you, we end up working like one day a week and that's super cool. Right. Cause then yeah, you're totally, you're not only, um, you're not, only you know dropping your kid off at a place where you know like you like their education philosophy and stuff but you get to actively participate in it and you get to learn alongside of your kid you get to be exposed to the things your kid's being exposed to so you know 
the that you're all literally speaking the same language and it's it's great it's also scary as hell because there's a whole vocabulary i think like you know philosophically we're on the same page as these people but they're like the our head teacher the woman who runs the school she's Mm -hmm. a legit black belt in like preschool right she's done this forever and she has like the most she 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 was joking about it her curriculum is incredible and she's like guys it's just three hours of preschool a day it's okay it's not a big deal but like this is how much thought like literally every 15 minutes is broken down it's so cool but i feel like oh man like i'm i'm a white belt here like i don't know what i'm doing i i i gotta learn all this stuff and i'm leaning on like the confidence that i had as a now looking back at myself from my like jujitsu journey is like okay look man you did that you learn this thing that's really hard you can you can learn this thing as well um because yeah like there's this part of me that just wants to like immediately be really good at things and it's funny like becca and i were like sitting in the orientation and like looking over some of the behaviors and techniques and stuff like that and we're like oh man we do that we we do that too okay (laughs) already kind of like finding things that we got to nip in the bud Um, but like you said dude you're a white belt at this right so like you're gonna learn as you go right so yeah yeah but Um, uh, i wanted to say that the the community part that we were talking about is, is legit so like you were like you've got this you know investing in your disney dad's group is going to connect you to these people and connect you to the people who are connected to their kids and everybody's kind of brings everything together, creates these bonds. Like similarly, like a lot of these parents are like second and third year. Cause there's also like a pre-K program. And, yeah. um, and so they're letting us know like, Hey, we were where you were, um, yeah. you know, two years ago, it's going to be all right. And you have the confidence in knowing, also that there are other white belts there. So yeah. you're learning alongside other people that are learning. Um, yeah, that, and that, yeah. But anyways, again, you know, a big part of the reason why we're doing this whole co-op thing is so that we have a community because that's, that's super important to us. And I mean, what a strong community that sounds like. I mean, the fact that, you know, they're there, I mean, that make, that's the sign of any good community, right? Like you learn from each other, you're there to lean on each other, you're, you're each other's support system, right? Like that, that sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Right. So like that, I'm, I'm glad you guys have that. You know, I have a question for you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So in the gym and yeah. in our social life, I think that you're a natural leader. So you have yeah. a confidence that you, you invest in cool. Like that's what was so fun about organizing this podcast with you is yeah. that you both had a very proactive mentality, right? Like you were like, totally. cool, let's set up meetings. And I was like, cool let's set up agendas and like let's yes the way it came together we had a very similar like we both i think we led we led in ways that were that didn't conflict with each other like uh, i was willing to give up power in certain parts and you were willing to pick up power and give me power in certain parts it was not there was it was really nice organic way of of coming to this that takes a lot of energy in your in your day-to-day life do you feel a pressure because that's like your natural talent to have to lead in this group? Or are you comfortable taking um, a more supportive role it, it, just in order for your own personal bandwidth? Like how do you approach yeah. being man, a member a great... of a group like that? Cause I think a, a lot of dads probably feel like, ah, oh, man, like I want to participate. 
I don't want to yeah. just show up and be like a loser. I want to do something when I'm there. You know, what's yeah. the, and not that just showing up is making you a loser, like showing up is really hard, but yeah. How do you approach this? Love that question. What a great question, man. <clears throat> I think part of, part of being a good leader and part of leadership is knowing when to shut up, right? It's knowing when to follow, right? Like knowing when someone else is taking charge, right? No, this is, this is their ball game. Let's listen. Let's listen. So part of being a good leader is listening, right? That's part of being a good leader is also knowing what you don't know, understand. And let me rephrase that. Knowing that there's pieces you don't know, right? And that there's going to be someone there to kind of fill in those gaps and you take the ball from there. Right. And so I, I don't mind taking a back seat to some of these other guys that have been doing this for a while. In fact, I, I welcome it so that I can focus on, on executing, right. Instead of, instead of thinking through everything, just executing so that in the parts of my life, I do need to think through, I have that bandwidth a mental space to do so. It just occurred to me that this is my, this is actually my struggle with the co-op is that ah. I am so eager to be in a leadership position, usually into yeah. lead. And this is a place where I have no business or authority doing so. And so yeah. uh, a, there's a certain discomfort, I think, that I have being in there. And that's why I need to think about being I think a white belt. Because I think like, that's hey, the right man, approach. Like, yeah. 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 That's interesting. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I, even... uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was no, just going to say, it's, you, it's, know... um... <laughs> you go, you go, you go. You go. Uh, just that, that like, not that I'm like an, an um, you know, some sort of like outgoing asshole, but that's yeah. like, I feel like the, the, my default is to be like extroverted and like, Oh, I'll yeah. just do it. Or I know what I'm doing here. And like having that confidence. Um, yeah. and this is a place where I don't do that. Uh, and even like kind of blindly doing it, like there are kind of consequences to doing it. And so I was just figuring out how yeah. I'm going to sit back uh, and, and, and participate as well as like contribute. Here's what I'll tell you, man, is as a high level brown belt, right? As a black belt myself, right? Like I think it's so important for us to always have that white belt mentality, right? And you'll kind of see this as you continue to grow, right? When you get your black belt, like you're going to see that like there are things I might, I might have reached the quote unquote pinnacle of jujitsu. I don't know shit. And that's how I feel right now, right? Like as much jujitsu as I know, there's an ocean's worth that I don't. And so having that white belt mentality and taking that white belt mentality in every aspect of your life, I think will serve, I know will serve us well, you well, me well in, in those aspects of life, right? So in this instance where you want to lean in, but you know, there's like, I, I, I don't know what to do here exactly. That's okay, dude. Like there are parts of my jujitsu game. I'm like a lost puppy yet. And I have to lean on people. There are purple belts. I'm like, hey, dude, how do you do that? How 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 do you do that? Right? Like, there might be a parent who who's fairly new at parenting in this co-op, but they have an aspect down like this. Lean into them, right? Learn. We learn from everyone around us. And I think when you carry that white belt mentality across through all aspects of your life, work, parenting, everything, that's when we start to really flourish in those areas, right? Totally, dude. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that. Of course, man. Of course. I'll tell you one thing that kind of rings familiar to that co-op that you're doing for me. And this kind of 
flows into this week. It, it crosses the line of this week in fatherhood and this week in training for me is, um, you know, recently I started teaching one of Malena's Nogi kids classes, or rather the, the Nogi kids class that she participates in. Right. And so, man, talk, going back to earlier, when I was talking about like jujitsu feeding my soul right now, Blake, nothing has fed my soul more than being able to do this for her, for the other kids in that class. Um, you know, I know that some of the parents in that class were, were asking like, Hey, can, can Uday help out with this? And this just feels really good to hear and being yeah, able to be awesome. there twice a week for Elena. Yeah, dude, it's just, it's, it's really fed my soul and in, in a way that like teaching her at home hasn't right. Because when I teach her at home and I'm her, I'm, I'm her, she sees me as Papa, right. When I'm teaching at home and when Papa's teaching you, she's like, ah, like I'm going to goof off. I'm going to do whatever. Right. But when I'm, Professor Papa in the classroom, everyone is standing in the attention line. Everyone's standing in the technique line. Everyone's doing attention stance. Everyone's doing the warm ups. She follows suit, right? Yeah. And it's there's something really special about being there for her in that instance that has just has breathed life into me in a way that like other things just haven't. And I'm just so appreciative of of those moments. And you know. You're going to experience this too, right? These moments that we get with our kids, they're fleeting, dude. They're they're fleeting. And I dread the day that she doesn't want to hang out with me. Yeah. And it's going to happen to all of us, right? And so you doing this co-op for Owen and me doing this class for Milena is just like, I'll always have this moment to look back on in those moments. Where like, I hate you, dad. I'm hanging out with my friends, you know? <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, dude. All right. Let's, uh, let's kick over to training a little bit. Yeah. Talk about jujitsu. Let's talk about twit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. Uh, I, you know, since we're talking about community, I think, you know, there's there's yeah. something to be said about uh, kind of what we do on Saturday mornings. It's, uh, you know, our, our group on um, at the Gorilla Den, which is your house, yeah. <laughs> your garage, yeah. you know, that <laughs> has gained viral attention um, because of the, yes. the sort of story we've told about that place. And I, I think, you know, it's an accurate depiction of what we do there. Um, you know, yeah. how do you feel you, about, you really... about all that? Yeah, great question, man. First of all, yeah, that video you made was beautiful. It was really beautiful. And it, it, it just captures everything about why I started doing it, right? And so for those who don't know, Gorilla Den, as Blake said, is is a group of upper belts who have busy lives, kids, busy jobs, whatever the case may be, who get together and we train and beat each other to a pulp on Saturdays. And then sometimes we barbecue, hang out, drink a couple beers, whatever it is afterwards. Maybe sometimes we get together in the evening, watch fights, whatever, right? Like it's just us spending time together, quality time together and, and training hard. Right. And it is the same thing, you know, it's meant a lot to me and, the way it started was, you know, over the pandemic, you know, I wasn't able to train as much. And um, I started, it started a really small, tight group, one other person. And that one other person became two other people, two became four, four became eight. Right. And it just kind of grew from there. And um, so funny. And now, it that, just became sorry. like, hey, that's that yeah. like that pod yeah. creep that happened with people. But like, all right, we can do this in a pod. Yeah. Everybody gets tested in our pod. We got like two people. Yeah. Hey, can we bring this guy to the pod? Yeah. Okay. How often is he getting tested? How? Okay. All right. Cool. Like, yeah. all, right. all right. Well, he's got a buddy who's like, he doesn't do anything. He's got older grandparents. They live at his house. Yeah. Can he come into our pod? <laughs> yes. Suddenly you got like a 15 person pod. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Sorry. And look, after after the pandemic kind of died down, you know, we we I opened it up a little bit more, right? I, I kind of loosened the 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 barricades a little bit because I I do have two young kids here, and I do have Van's parents live with us, right? So um, we're being a little more cautious, and so after the COVID cases started dying down a little bit, we opened the doors a little bit, and um, you know, it's just. It's a really nice community, and I think um, you know the video you made. Like I said, it perfectly encapsulates everything that I wanted Gorilla Den to be. And um, yeah, so you know, look, it's 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 also harder. One of the things about as we get older, right? It's harder to make friends. It's harder harder to build that sense of community. And I think we have to be really proactive about it, right? And so, joining Disney Dads, pulling in Gorilla Den, right? Pulling in people who are like like-minded who just like to grapple hard and, and hang out like you know finding that sense of community we may not agree on everything right like especially as we get older we we look for things that we don't agree with on people and kind of flipping that on its head like what is our common ground what are the things that we do agree on we agree in jiu-jitsu we agree that we love doing this we love doing it together come over let's hang out right and just building that sense of community so thank you for making that video blake i, I really appreciate it and and it's just like i said it's just it's um Doing this on Saturdays with my friends is just—it's been a pleasure. Yeah, I mean, I'm just happy to be invited to the party. Like that's kind of the the thing that I do, right? Like I just kind of tell stories about like the yeah. stuff that's going on in my life. And if the thing that like if Gorilla Den sucked, that would have been a terrible video. So I'm blessed <laughs> that like the thing that I got to do is actually this incredible community of, of people that I have been invited to hang out with on Saturday mornings. Um, so yeah, dude. Like you, I mean. Uh, I, I, I acknowledge that you are thanking me for that. You're welcome. Also, you know, yeah. I, I, I can only make content as good as the thing that I'm exposed to. And that thing is yeah. pretty powerful. Um, yeah, dude, like I, I wanted to mention since we were talking about community and since we're talking about, um, you know, relatively older and like, we're talking yeah, like late thirties into like, Gorilla Den's probably people in their late thirties to their early fifties, right? Um, yeah, yeah, that's about right. Um, you know, we got we got to talk about Sean, right? Uh, I think Sean. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> still still whooping my ass. Um, so <laughs> uh, it, it's still relatively young in the if you look at life on a a full spectrum of how old you are, sure. which is important to acknowledge. Also, I think that. 90, and the reason why we think that this age group is old is because 99% of jiu-jitsu media covers the top 1% of the sport, which are people who are like 18 to 25, 18, maybe 18 to 30, right? Um, yep, and yep. these are a rare group of people of which there are probably hundreds, maybe hundreds, um, that are not reflective of the jiu-jitsu community as a whole yet they make up the majority of the images and stories and videos that we see and the narratives and stories that we're told about jujitsu. So as a yeah. older person, I mean, it's the biggest question I get asked, dude, like in my, in my DMs outside of my pictures of your feet is, uh, is, uh, <laughs> not even fucking joking is sorry, uh, community out there. Oh my God. Uh, oh my God. Uh, but, uh, is, Hey, am I too old to start jujitsu? Uh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm 35. Absolutely is it not. too old? To, am I too old to start? Uh, and it's like, what people don't realize is that. Do you tell them about Savage? Do you tell them about Savage <laughs> in those moments? I just, I just sent him the YouTube video about Savage. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so for those who don't know, sorry to interrupt, Blake. For those no, who don't no. know, Savage is a 77-year-old gentleman who uh, who's a black belt at our gym. He started away, went all the way to black at our gym, and he is he is the person I point to every time someone says I'm too old. Savage is competing at Masters World against people 20 years younger than him this in the next tournament, dude. So yeah. whatever your excuse is, it's invalid. Yeah. Here's the deal. Go ahead. I'm, it's, so, I'm it's, sorry for the interjection. No, no, no. It's not important how old Savage is now. It's how old he was when he started, yeah. which I think was what he's in his late Absolutely. 60s when he started. Yep. Yep. And in his late 60s when he started, has his black belt now. And uh, yeah, people do. I duck Savage. Like <laughs> he is a hard, <laughs> he's a hard role. Um, he's, he's a hard role. So yeah, like they're, you know, they're, the other thing that I wanted to mention is that, yeah, the majority, so essentially the majority of the sport is probably north of 30. And this is evidenced by the fact that the biggest yeah. tournament in the world and the biggest jujitsu tournament of all time, which is happening this weekend, which won't make sense depending on when this podcast comes out, but is ma the Masters World Championships, right? So the Masters World Championships is incredible. It descends on Vegas. And if you've never gone, um, which the majority of people have probably never gone, but it is like, a jujitsu village that is living inside of Las Vegas and inside of your hotel or wherever you're staying, it's just every floor you're walking into guy, guys who have cauliflower ear and are, yeah. you know, getting ready to compete and are your age. So it's, for those of you yeah. who don't know, masters is 30 and above. And so the idea that like the biggest competition in the sport is comprised of people who are North of 30 should let you know that like, Hey, this is not just a sport for young people. Anyways, all of this is to say that I think a big part of that is as people get older, they have this sense of community, particularly men, although there are a lot of women that are obviously in our sport as well, and it becomes harder and harder to make friends. And I think that's one of the reasons why people are so drawn to jujitsu is because yeah. it is an, an easy place to not only make friends, but to feel like you belong and to feel like you're important. Um, and I, you know, just quickly, um, Alberto and I, uh, we, Alberto Crane, you know, runs the academy where Uday and I train and he and I don't get a ton of time to talk because he has 700 students. But, uh, one of the early conversations that we ever had, I don't know how it came up, but we just talked about, uh, the author Sebastian Younger and we had both memorized the same quote in, uh, his book tribe. Um, there are actually two quotes. The first quote is that, um, you know, humans don't mind hardship. What they mind is not feeling important. And modern society has perfected the art of making people not feel important, which I think is very relevant to all of us. I mean, particularly you and I right now, Uday, in our like job hunt. Yeah, totally. And, and that ties totally. into the second quote, which uh, is that um, humans need three basic things in order to feel content. They need to feel uh, authentic in their way of life. They need to feel um, competent in what they do, and they need to feel connected to a community around them. And kind of as soon as Alberto and I said that, he's like, yeah, that was the quote that made me realize what I actually do here at this academy. And I was like, ah. That's such a deep it. quote. I love that quote, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah, um, dude, first. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's it, right? Like in, in everything you do in the simple act of tying your belt, right? You feel competent yeah. in knowing how to tie your belt. You feel authentic in this 
this practice, this thing that represents you, and you feel connected to a community around you. You're connected to every single person or, you know, in that room who knows how to tie a belt. So it's, you know, to, to as complex as you can get, to as deep in the sport as you can be. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, community is, is... When was your first time feeling that way in jiu-jitsu? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, again. no, you're good. I was um, but, I, you got to pull me in sometimes today. No, you're good, man. Out there. <laughs> when was your first time you felt that way in, in jiu-jitsu? Oh, Do you remember? Dude, it's hard to say. Um, okay. There are little things. So I, yeah. at the time when I started jiu-jitsu, I was working at TRX, the uh, founder and CEO of yeah. TRX at the time, Randy Hetrick, is Navy SEAL. Um, former Navy SEAL, who developed the TRX straps. If you're unfamiliar with them, if you ever see those black and yellow straps that are hanging from your gym, uh, that you go do like, you know, uh, chest presses and, and um, rows on, um, it's important for me to give you the visual of what, what they look like because Randy actually developed the TRX while he was deployed because he had left his jujitsu purple belt in his bag. And he was, uh, he's actually in, um, he was in a, uh, uh, like a wharf, uh, slash safe house. And he didn't have a way and he, he was going to be in his, this, uh, mission that he was doing, he was going to be climbing up ladders and stuff. And he didn't have anything to practice his pulling skills. He could do push-ups all day. He could grapple with the other people around him, but he didn't have anything to pull on. So he tied a knot in his jujitsu belt. He throw it, threw it over a door and he started doing rolling exercises with it. So all this is to say that, like, in some way, jujitsu is responsible for the entire empire that he built with those black and yellow straps. And I remember when Randy, he, he, was, he was always really nice to me, really kind to me. I was a pretty junior employee, and he would come rap with me all the time. But I remember when he saw, yeah. like, my jujitsu gi in my bag, and he, like, made the connection that I trained, and it was like oh shit, like we share something different now. Like, yeah. you know, where there's like, it's it's a deeper level of not just like you're my employee, not just you're my employee that I like and I'm trying to help in his career. It was like, oh, we're we're in the same tribe now. And I think that was it. Cause yeah. I was a white belt at the time. That was pretty powerful. Feeling connected to that's your really CEO cool, as, a, as a peer. That's how yeah. it felt. <laughs> that's such a cool story. Um, yeah, man. I'm trying to think of when I felt that way. And I, it was like, almost for me, I think it was almost immediate. You know, it's like I walked into the gym and I was welcomed with open arms. And because I had a wrestling background, I was able to kind of speak some of the language, right? Like, and the person who welcomed me in also was a was a really accomplished division one wrestler, right? And so, um, and he, he just got it. We just talk shop and it felt like, oh, this is, this is the right place to be. This is where I want to be. This is, this is home. Right. And so I don't know if I told you this, but when I signed up for jujitsu, my, in my head, I was like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm just going to do this for a little bit. I'm just going to do this until I get my blue belt, you know? And then like, I'll like find another hobby. I'm just kind of doing this to, to stay in shape. And then that went out the window in like a week. I was like, no, nah, I love this. I'm doing this for the rest of my life. Right. So, um, yeah, it's interesting that I felt that way. I, now that I reflect back on it, I didn't re, like I, that didn't dawn on me until I just said it out loud that yeah, I, you were, I remember you were, you're planning now. on, you're planning on catching the blue belt flu. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and now I'm like, no, that like, like almost immediately, like maybe a week, two weeks after that, I was like, nope, this is my life now. Yeah. That's funny. You know, I, I, yeah, man. I tell that story about Randy, which is like true, but I, I distinctly remember my first day at Homolos, uh, which is my old gym when I walked in and he's like, okay, you got your key, you signed yeah. the waiver, everything cool. And then he said like, you know, locker rooms there, make yourself at home. And people say, make yourself at home all the time. He meant it, yeah. you know, and I fucking did. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's uh, great. Yeah, dude. Um, all right, dude. I think we are ready to talk. I'll say, I'll say this one oh, more thing about, I'll say this one more, one more thing about, um, the tournament coming up, the old man masters, I'm sorry, old man worlds is look, I think I wouldn't be surprised rather if in 10 years having a master's world championship medal would be just as prestigious as having a world champ, a IBJJF world championship medal. I mean, there are guys who in 10 years are going to be in their thirties. Right. And these guys are only going to get better. Mika Galvao in 10 years, he's, like 10, 12 years, whatever, he's going to be like in his thirties, right? Like he's going to be a terrifying master's competitor at that age. Right. And so I think um, these guys are only going to get better. So I can see a time in, in like 10, 10, 12 years where the tournament is just as, if not more difficult. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're totally right. And like, you're saying things, you're seeing things like, uh, like Megaton is competing, who is a yeah. Coral belt, yeah. the first Coral belt that's competing in an IBJJF tournament, right? These guys who are getting older, yeah. who have like had their, you know, their black belts for however long that is to get your coral belt. <laughs> and like, they're like, no, yeah. like I'm still here. You know, I, I, I think yeah. you're right. I think it's, um, yeah, it will be, it will be any, dude, like you're seeing it now, like your division, I've talked to you about the course, talked about this before, but like Josh yeah. Andrew is in your division. Like for Mike yeah. is in your division. Uh, you know, there, there yeah. are some really legit legends that are bring it on guys <laughs> there with you. So yeah, dude. Um, cool, man. Nice, man. Let's, uh, let's talk about your, your Snack favorite portion, portion of this podcast. What did, uh, I love this part. What did Van and the kids pick out for you this week, man? Let's find out. All right. I'm going to pull up this bag. Let's see. We're going to find out together. So got this pretty blue bag here. So. Oh, yeah, so. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, dude, I can already see what it is. Oh, this is dangerous. Everything and the bagel seasoned kettle corn potato chips. Good grief. Man, okay, what are so, you trying to do to me? Man, first of all, if you put everything in the bagel on yeah. anything in Trader Joe's, I'll buy it. You're done. Like, dude, yeah, it's, it's like it's they, had, they, they had a dip there for a while they had uh like oh crackers that had everything in the bagel like um like almost like a oreo like center in the middle bought that we've got like we've run through the oh seasoning like it's nobody's business so this is our this well, right. there's a lot riding on this we're gonna buy it anyways but let's see what do you think yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right here we go so hold oh, on it looks like a potato crunch, chip it just yeah. looks like a potato chip it it's it's a perfectly it's like a really nice kettle corn kettle chip, right? Like it, 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 it visually it fits the description. So let's see, let's see. <laughs> Dude, forget it. Game over. <laughs> Game over. I was gonna offer you some on Saturday if you come. <laughs> I don't think there's gonna be any left, dude. It's Thursday. 
I don't think they're going to be around by Saturday. All right. Thankfully, Game over. It's perfectly salty. Day, so hopefully I will forget about the yep. fact that those exist by the time I get back there. <laughs> um, what do you got, Blake? What do you uh, got so for me, I was just going to talk about like, this is like my one of my guilty pleasures. So the garlic, yeah. they call it like garlic Indian style flatbread. It's basically like white yeah. people garlic naan uh, at Trader okay. Joe's. And it is so yeah. dangerous it's basically like pizza dough it's like garlic pizza dough yes. that's been cooked um and covered just covered in oil and it's like i can't it doesn't last long enough in the house to where like i usually don't buy it because oh it just goes so fast like i'll be sitting here at my desk and i'll start to remember i'll remember that it's in the cupboard and i'll be like yeah. all right you just focus on the task at hand 15 minutes of this and then you can get <laughs> up and like three minutes pass, I'm like, I just, you know what? If I snack on it right now, I'll stop thinking about it. And I'll start. To, and then it's like, dude, I'll blow through a bag in a couple of days. Uh, I don't know if so anybody good, out there has dude. had it. It's awesome. It's great for um, like hosting parties and stuff, a little charcuterie board. But uh, it's dangerous to have around your house all the time. Because, dude, like, it is like so calorically dense. Like one <laughs> pizza of that oh. bread is probably like it's 500 calories. It's not a health food. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not a health food. I'll tell you this, Blake. If you like that, I'm going to take you to an Indian restaurant, a really good one in Hollywood. We'll go. And awesome. you're going to see what it's like when it's fresh. I'll take you. Remind me. We'll, we'll plan a day. I'll take you out to uh, some Indian food. Dude, I, I love Indian food, too. I was I, nice. I just wanted to think about talk about this really quickly because it occurred to me. Because I know yeah. you like spicy food and I like spicy food. I think our degrees yeah. of spice are different. But I think there's yeah. something weird about wanting something to be a little bit painful in order for you to enjoy eating it. Like I put hot sauce on everything. Why? Like, why does it have to be a little bit uncomfortable? And I'm not happy until it's that level of spice, right? If it's below yes, discomfort, yes. I'm like, okay, we need more. And I have to be like, I have to be just like a little bit like anxious and uncomfortable eating it in order for me to really enjoy it. Oh no, it adds that kick. It adds that beautiful kick. Oh my God. It's so weird. Oh, it's the best. Oh man. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Van gives me a lot of shit for this. Do you like mixing sweet and savory? Love it. Okay. I'm not an insane person like my wife claims. I love mixing sweet and savory. It's like the perfect just combination of flavors. Ah, yeah, my dude, wife got, thinks I'm a crazy person. For I've got it. a salad I got to make for you sometime that is, um, yeah. it's like, a. The secret is using um, yeah. a uh, a vinegar, um, a balsamic reduction. Have you ever used a balsamic reduction before? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. so like, I think, so I have this salad that I make that's just, it's real simple. It's cucumbers, heirloom tomatoes, avocado. And then I, I make this kind of special dressing and seasoning for it. Um, and one of the like, secrets is, is that um, as I use a, a balsamic reduction, and you like, that's the power of it, right? Like, that's like the depth that you get. It's like one thing if this was just like a salty, savory thing, but like once you have that yes. full spectrum, it just like, yes. and I know there are people like, I know more people like Van who are passionate about like sweet and savory. All right, here's where the roads cross. Yeah. Sorry, this has nothing to do with jujitsu yeah. fatherhood, but this is definitely. No, this, this is, I love yeah. it. Hit me with All it. All right, so with that, <laughs> what do you feel about pineapple on pizza, man? How do you feel about that? Oh, man. Such a controversial topic. <laughs> I'm conflicted. Yeah. I'm conflicted because 
listen, I'm the kind of person where even a bad pizza is good pizza. You know what I mean? Like pizza, pizza, even the worst pizza in the world, it's still pizza. And I love pizza. In some instances, I'm a bit of a pizza traditionalist. In other instances, I'm like, I, it, I think you have to catch me on the right day. Yeah. For me to not like it. I think, I think, I think my default setting is. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, to you, to just, say, we, we got to talk about, you know, Chicago, right? Like, and like, I think yes. I mentioned, I think I mentioned, okay. like, I was trying to be cool when I mentioned Gino's East to you and you like fucking rolled your eyes yeah. at me. <laughs> You're like, that's not pizza, dude. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> my Listen, I'll tell you. Blind. Listen, Gina, if you want real authentic Chicago style pizza, which I know I'm going to get a lot of flack from all the New Yorkers, all the quote unquote pizza traditionalists that listen, like Giordano's or Luminati's. If and when you go visit Chicago, those are Pequod's. Pequod's is a little bit more Detroit style than it is Chicago style, but it still it still kind of fits the bill. Now, I'm going to share something with you that's not as commonly known, Blake. There is something called Chicago tavern style pizza. And I could write a book about Chicago style pizza, by the way. So Chicago's tavern style pizza is actually my preferred pizza. It's it's like flat and thin crust, and they cut it into squares, and it's loaded with cheese and loaded with toppings, but somehow not overdone. And it's just crispy and delicious. So if you go to Chicago and you have a chance to try a pizza, see if you can find some tavern style. It's Chef's kiss. All right. So and to answer your question, yeah, I, saying, I might lose some credibility points. I want, I want to hear your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. On 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 which one? Pineapple. Yeah, pineapple. Yeah, we're deflecting here a bit. So I'm gonna go yes. I'm gonna go pineapple on pizza because I like the sweet and savory. You throw some jalapenos on it, even better. <laughs> I know I'm gonna lose some pizza credibility from some of the audience here. I know I'm gonna lose some pizza credibility. But I think if you take the two aspects, right? Pizza traditionalist, love it. I'm also a bit of a pizza maniac, right? So throw in some sweet and savory. So here's, where are you on this? Where do you stand? Here's my take. I think most people yeah. are averse to. I, I think most people are averse to uh, pineapple on pizza. A because it's popular yeah. to be averse to it, and B <clears throat> I think it's yeah. more of a texture issue than it is a flavor. Mm, issue. True. I think it's a weird yeah. texture, particularly when it's hot, because you bite into it and a pineapple kind of explodes a little bit and you get this like hot pineapple juice explosion that's like not great so the pizza needs to be the right temperature the yes pineapple it's a weird texture thing for people if you can get past that i think it's a genuinely flavorful dish i think it's good one of my favorite things to grill is a pineapple a really good pineapple right put a little bit of brown sugar on it throw it on the grill yeah if you ever go to Fogo de Show, right? Yeah. That's what they do there. And it's so good, right? So it's like, you know, mixing that sweet and savory, you know? All right, dude. Let's, let's talk about pop yeah. culture. Oh, man. Oh, man. Blake, I just finished watching this show on Apple TV. It was so good. It was like, it was, look, it's not the perfect show, but I had a lot of fun with it. It's called Hijack. And it is it's just intense the entire time. Idris Elba is in it. It's like very suspenseful. You know, it's like a little bit predictable, right? But, um, and some of the acting can feel a little bit silly, but it just, it reeled me in and I love it and I highly recommend it. Um, right. Also, also, 
I'd be remiss. I'd be remiss if I didn't give my hometown Chicago Cubbies some flowers today. They're having an amazing month of August. I want to see these guys in the playoffs. Come on, boys. Let's get that push. Get into October. Let's go, Cubs. I, I love your passion. I'll get off my maniac train. You go I ahead. love your passion. I <laughs> just doesn't mean anything to me. But it's going to mean something I to know people listening to this. So I, I love that. I love that for you and for them, too. <laughs> um, yes, uh, dude. So I uh, – Pop culture, there's really nothing interesting going on in our house other than the fact that there's a new show on Nick Jr. called Noggin Nose. Um, okay. And I can't remember the host's name, last name, is, first name is Emmanuel. And like, there's just so much garbage out there for kids. Yeah. And we, we've been really struggling right now because, you know, I've been kind of pretty busy. And obviously, Becca's busy with, um, with our, our little one. And so our three year old. Owen is like, I think he's been exposed to more screens than we would like him to be. And so we're really trying to sure. discipline it and cut it back. And the other night, I was like, cool. Like, we got our 15 minutes of TV before we're going to go to bed. Throw it on. And the show comes up. And, dude, he was like, and it's an educational show. Um, and he, it was, he was doing the thing where he, like, is ta- actually talking back to the TV, right? Where, like, yes. this guy's asking him questions. And Owen's like, like, you know, what's your favorite dinosaur? And, like, all that kind of stuff. And Owen was like actively participating in it. And um, it's just really well done. Uh, you know, it's not like reinventing the wheel kids programming, but it's nice educational kids sure. programming that kind of doesn't feel educational and doesn't feel like just, you know, like McDonald's for your brain. So yeah, yeah. If, you're, uh, if you're looking for something to give your like, I think, you know, three to four year olds probably, it's probably a little young for five year olds, but Noggin knows there are free episodes on YouTube too. If you, if you don't have Nick uh, or whatever, whatever the Nick's streaming service is now. I'm glad you called that out because my daughter, she, uh, she just turned four and Blake, she has watched all eight seasons of Gabby's dollhouse. She's on the third time watching season two. Now she's gone through season one, three times. I, and it's a great show. It's really cute. She has one same thing. She answers back to Gabby. Yeah. But man, I think we, it's time for us to move on to Noggin Nose. That's a great call out. Thank you for we watched a little bit of Gabby's, uh, and, and Owen. Yeah. Owen's like hot and cold with it. Like sometimes it draws him in, and sometimes yeah. he, he's not into it. But that's that is a good rec too. Oh, and man. again, kind of educational kids programming. You know. Yeah. yeah. I like. All right, it. dude. I like. Let's it. Uh, let's wrap this up by talking about learning. Yeah. I just want to say to start off with, I'm in such a better mood now than we were at the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> so me I too, there's, man. How could you be in a bad mood when you talk about pizza? <laughs> I think there's something to be said about uh, about that in terms of uh, the community that we're trying to foster yeah. here. So, dude, thank you for uh, for bringing me out of whatever funk that I was coming into this thing with. No, man, likewise. You know, look, I, I, I'll kind of reemphasize what I said earlier. You know, I think as we, you know, look, as we get older and as we kind of, settle into our lives as we get older, you know, we, our jobs become busier and more challenging. We, our kids demand more of our time. I think we begin to deprioritize our own sense of community, right? As our responsibilities start to grow, we deprioritize what it is for us to have our own passions and our own communities. Right. And so, and then, Hey, look, there's something special about that. Right. Because now my primary community is my family, my kids, my wife, right. That's kind of my home setting. Right. And 
there's something also very cool about finding a way to continue to build on the things that I love and find a sense of community there as well, right? Find friends in my passions and my hobbies that I, I care so much and deeply about. And so I think both can be true, right? Both things can be true where my community is primarily my family, my kids, and I continue to expand the things that I love and build a community around that, right? Not just in the PTA, but also in this this hobby that we love, this this fight sport, right? In, in jujitsu. So I think there's something really special about that. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we have elected to sort of raise our kid in the next few years with a community-based like totally. place, you know? Yeah. Because I think it's it's super important to us. I had mentioned before that uh, you and I had talked about this before we started recording, but uh, if you're not familiar, there are these things called blue zones in the world. I think there are like seven of them where mm. um, there's a correlation between you know people living the longest and these like, there are these common things that these places have. So blue zones are places where people live, uh, you know, have, have a high life expectancy. And one of the things that, that um, is really prevalent there uh, is um, older people's exposure to younger people. So like strong community bonds, uh, grandparents and great grandparents playing with uh, infants, newborns and toddlers. Um, and, you know, in my mind, and, and there's just also been, been uh, correlations between having strong social connections and longevity of life, particularly in like the later stages of, of your life. So if for nothing else, you should take that risk to join a community or to be part of a community because it's, it's, it's actually, it's good for your health and it's good for your life longevity. Yeah. Um, not only just, you know, good because you're maybe bored or, you know, you, whatever, but it's, it, it'll actually, yeah. you know, it could save your life. And I think that's, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. That's, I love that, man. You know, I, I know that there's so many people who get into this sport because they have like varying degrees of like social anxiety. Right. And so that's the one thing I love about this too, is like, you can have any kind of thing going on. Right. And still find people to resonate with. Right. Like I said earlier, right. Like there are people who I disagree with fundamentally on so many things, but we found this common ground. Right. We found this thing that that doesn't separate us. It brings us together. Right. And so um, that's one of the things that makes jujitsu such a special thing for me. Yeah, man, I think that's a that's a good place to wrap. Yeah. So thanks. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, y'all. And uh, yeah, guys, I'd love to hear from our audience. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Today. Yes. I'd love to hear from our audience. You know, guys, tell us what makes your community special for you. Right. Maybe you're in the wrong community. Maybe how do you fix that? Right. Maybe you're in the right community. What makes it special? Right. So we'd love to hear from you. Share it on your socials. Email us. Let us know. All right. All right. Uh, until next time, uh, protect your necks. And uh, oh, also, if you want to reach out to us, please just drop us an email at grappling with fatherhood pod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Take care. Later, guys.